0: Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Shrimad Bhagavad Gita as it is translation and commentary by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Chapter 10 text 23 Translated am rudraram Vitesho Vasūnāṁ pavakas Meru of all the Rudras, I am Lord Shiva. Of the Yakshas and Rakshasas, I am the Lord of Wealth, Kuvera. Of the Vasus, I am Fire, Agni. And of Mountains, I am Meru. Purport: There are eleven Rudras of whom Shankara, Lord Shiva, is predominant. He is the incarnation of the Supreme Lord in charge of the mode of ignorance in the universe. The leader of the Yakshas and the Rakshasas is Kuvera, the master treasurer of the demigods, and he is a representation of the Supreme Lord. Meru is a mountain famed for its rich natural resources. In the preface to Bhagavad Gita as it is, Srila Prabhupada states that the reason he has made this edition of Bhagavad-gītā is to present Bhagavad-gītā as it is, Tata. In contradistinction to most of the translations of Bhagavad-gītā, which are misrepresentations of its actual meaning, misrepresentations and misinterpretations means by the impersonalists those uh, maybe spiritually inclined people who deny the personality of Krishna. I didn't say Nirakai in that sentence. They're denying the personality of Krishna. Form and personality are different. Yeah, It's a different, similar but different. You have to be careful. That's how you get misinterpretations! Someone translates it differently to what the person originally said. That's how you end up with a. That's why we have to be very careful when we're translating, especially when we're making books. So, uh, the impersonalists, they uh, give nominal respect to Krishna or formal respect to Krishna but ultimately they deny his form and personality. And the impersonalists are very fond of this tenth chapter and the eleventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita because they th- think in their, with their misunderstanding that the tenth chapter and the eleventh chapter, they establish that everything is all the same. Because in the tenth chapter Lord Krishna Just as in this verse, he says, among the Rudras I am Shiva, among the Vasus I am Agni, and like this. And the whole chapter is like that. Most of the chapter is like that. So they take this to mean that, well, you can see Krishna in everything, which is true, actually, that you can see Krishna in everything. But the way to see Krishna in everything and to understand who Krishna is, is different from those who are actual knowers of the truth and those who are misunderstanders. Those who are actual knowers of the truth know that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is in one sense non-different from everything because nothing can exist without Him. And He is all-pervading. But he is simultaneously different from everything else. This is the proper understanding of Tatvagyan. That Krishna is everything, is in, ev- is is in everything, is spread everywhere. But he is simultaneously the supreme, dominating, independent principle. Actually, we usually use this word independent. Yes, ah, that's it, Swatantra. The original word is Swatantra. And that's translated into English as independent. But uh, one devotee friend of mine, a Sanskrit scholar, suggested that the English word independent is, it doesn't properly give the sense of what Swatantra means. Because Swatantra, it literally means self dependent. So there's a subtle but important difference. Although there's no such word in English as self-dependent, so independent is the closest uh, dictionary word. This is not very valuable for Telugu speakers, This what what we're discussing, but for English speakers it is. But actually it's important to understand all these words very carefully. Because the word swatantra is in Telugu doesn't mean that everyone understands its theological implications. So independent, this term defines a person's position in relation to others. So certainly Krishna is independent, but more precise is that he is self dependent, which is a definition in relationship to himself. So all these points are necessary to understand if we are to properly understand Krishna. But the impersonalists, they just say, it's all one. Yeah. Nirakavadi is one term. Nirvisheshvadi is another term. Nirvisheshvadi, Prabhupada used that term more than Nirakavadi. The term Nirvishesha is a more accurate term for impersonalists than Nirakavadi. Because akar or form is only one visheshta; it's only one specific characteristic of the per- of anything. So the specific characteristics by which we know uh, any person are the name, form, qualities, activities, place of residence, friends. Uh, Personality, these are all the different visheshta or the specific characteristics of any person. So uh, the impersonalists say that the Absolute Truth has no visheshta, it's devoid of characteristics. Or even if they accept that Krishna has name, form, qualities, and activities, they don't accept it as Vishesh, nothing special. He's just one of us. They say, see, all the gods are the same. You see, here Krishna says, I am Shiva, I am Agni, I am Kuvera. So, all the same, all the gods are the same. It's an intellectual cop-out. Cop-out. You know what that means? It means like, uh, instead of taking the trouble to Investigate and understand, they just make some simple formula and finished. Just like they say, Jotomot Totopot. As many paths, as uh, as many opinions, that many paths. All roads lead to the same goal. So, Bhagavan Krishna, he spoke the Bhagavad Gita describing all the different tattvas in great detail. And the Acharyas, they have in great detail. Vyasadeva compiled Srimad Bhagavatam, the Acharyas have analyzed the Shastra in great detail to establish the supremacy of Krishna and the, uh, sup- the supremacy of the path of bhakti to Krishna. But lazy people who are uncommitted and insincere, they just say, all the same. All the gods are the same, all the paths are the same, do whatever you like, it's all the same. And don't do anything, it's all the same. If you don't do any puja, it's all the same. Worship a pig, same. Worship some Baba or Bappa or some Amma Bhagawan, it's all the same. Whatever you like, it's all the same. You like to smoke cigarettes and drink uh, desi sarab and it's all the same. And why did Krishna speak Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna? Arjuna said to Krishna, I don't know what to do, I'm confused. So Krishna said, he could say, well you fight or not fight, do whatever you like, it's all the same. Should I fight Bhishma or should I not fight him? And Krishna just, "He, ah, it doesn't matter, do whatever you like. Then there's no dharma, because dharma, adharma, it's all the same. This is the effect of this enervating uh, philosophy. Enervating means it takes away all your energy. It's just like in the summer when it's very hot here, you just you don't have any energy, right? Is it? You have energy because you are devotees. You have energy to serve Krishna. But physically you just feel like that. So this impersonalism, it takes away all our spirit to surrender to Krishna. Krishna says, Sarvadhaman Parityajam Mami sharanam Raja You surrender to me only. Who will do this? To do this one has to go against everything in the world. If anyone does this, then uh, everyone will blame him. He's left his duty, become a madman. But Krishna demands that this is the only path for your benefit, is to surrender to me. Krishna wants our commitment. But if we think that, well, Krishna and anyone, it's all the same, then how can we commit to Krishna? Hey, worship Krishna, not worship Krishna, all the same. Then how can there be any bhakti? We have to be convinced that by surrendering to Krishna, everything will be perfect and complete. But if this idea that, well, just worship anyone, however you like, whenever you like, then uh, it completely robs the spirit of bhakti to Krishna. That's why it's very important to understand the mission of Shankaracharya in this world. He is lauded uh, by many as the uh, greatest teacher of Hinduism, although there is no such word of Hindu as Hinduism in those days. Hindu tattva, no. Not tattva, vāda. No, not hindutva. Hindutva is a new thing. I don't know how to say it in Telugu, but whatever you say. Hindutva means the modern political movement. But the hindu-matam... Yeah, that's a good one. You have to use your words very carefully. Otherwise you get the wrong meaning. Sorry. I don't know Telugu, but I know enough Sanskrit to know when you're saying things wrong. It's not Tattva. Matam is not Hindu Tattva. It's Atattva. So, uh, Shankaracharya is highly lauded because he... Uh, re-established the Vedic Dharma and in this way especially drove out Bodhavadam, Bodhamatam. But then, uh, others, the followers of especially Ramanuja, Acharya, especially Madhva, the Madhva followers, they, or, they say he's a, especially the Sampradaya, they say actually Shankara was, Shankaracharya was a great Asura. Because by identifying the Jiva with Bhagavan in his philosophy, it is highly misleading. Bhakti means surrender to Krishna, which is possible only if we understand Krishna is supreme. I am his eternal servant. I am eternally subordinate to Him and dependent on Him. But if one thinks that I am in essence, by nature, the same as the Supreme, I am the Supreme, then where is the question of bhakti? Even if we do bhakti, if we're thinking, eventually I will become the same that I am worshipping, then that's not bhakti at all. That's just like someone flatters a big man with the idea, I'll take over his post, I'll, I'll win his confidence, get his favor, take all the advantage and kick him out and myself take the post. So such behavior is very deceitful, isn't it? That you win someone's confidence and they help you to come up and they, they trust you and you become more and more powerful, but all the time you're thinking, how I can become powerful enough just to kick them out and take over their position? It's the most abominable approach. So if one is thinking, and one is doing bhakti, so-called bhakti, and at the same time thinking that I'll eventually become God, is not bhakti at all. It's like the behavior of a snake. So even though... Uh, Shankaracharya spoke of bhakti. The Vaishnava Acharyas, they say that the kind of, this kind of bhakti, that's, uh, it's more dangerous than someone who's an open enemy. If someone is openly inimical, then you, you are warned to take caution. But if someone is living in your house and being maintained by you, and he's just plotting how to kill you, it's much more dangerous. If, there, if there's an enemy, you know he's an enemy, you'll lock him out. But if there's someone pretending to be your friend, and but he, he's actually just plotting to kill you, it's much more dangerous. So, uh, there, although some people laud Shankaracharya as the greatest preacher or the greatest uh, upholder of Hindu Matam, Others, they say he's the most uh, dangerous person in the history of Hindu matam, or whatever you want to call it. Vedic culture, Vaidiki Sanskriti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu referred to Shankaracharya as Acharya, but he rejected his Mata, he used that term, his opinion. He accepted him as uh, being Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva is uh, accepted as the greatest Vaishnava, vaishnava anang shambhu But at the same time, Lord Shiva has a very strange role of uh, overseeing the Tamaguna. So Lord Shiva, he oversees the ghosts and the ghostly people. The people want to be. Moved. They want to be akar, So that nirākā is a ghost. They. They, 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 well, they have. It looks like an Akar, but there's nothing there. There's nothing solid there. So, uh, Lord Shiva has an apparently very contradictory role, but it's all in the service of Krishna. So these are all very uh, subtle points which have to be understood very carefully. That Lord Shiva came as Shankaracharya to establish this uh, actually totally incorrect philosophy. But at the same time, he established at least superficial respect for the Vedas, which the Buddhists, they, uh, they're enemies of the Vedas. they were always blaspheming the Vedas. And Shankaracharya, he spoke of the misery of material life and the need to come to spiritual life. So we can quote Shankaracharya. Many of the things he said are very good. Punarapi jananam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janani jatare shayanam. It's a fact. Birth and death is miserable. But then his ultimate conclusion that the jiva and Ishvara are the same, it's a total disaster which totally spoils people's genuine spiritual aspirations and because of this idea that all the gods are the same everything's okay therefore you have all these and in the modern age you have all these totally bogus people calling themselves amma and bhagawan and you know there's dozens of them running around all over the place the actual bhagawan is krishna very clear but they are crazy after some Muslim fakir or some so-called Amma. Here's a point I I often make. You can use this in your preaching, if you're preaching. We hope you're preaching. Five thousand years ago, Bhagavan Krishna appeared in this world and spoke Bhagavad Gita. And at that time, all the great personalities like Vyasadeva, and Yudhishthira, they all accept it. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of uh-huh. Godhead. And even uh, you know, 130 trillion years ago, Krishna spoke to Vivasvan, the Sun God. And still, Krishna is being worshipped today as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 5,000 years ago, no one had ever heard of Sai Baba or Amma Bhagawan or Kauki Avatar or in North India of Ashuram who's going to get arrested and put in prison soon. Even five hundred years ago, no one had heard of these people. Even fifty years ago, most of them. And now so many people say, oh, this is God. And five thousand years from now, probably five hundred years from now, all these people, again, no one will have heard of them. And still Krishna will be worshipped. (laughs) Young Brahma, Varunendra, Rudra, Maruta, Stunvanti, Divya, Istvai, all the demigods are worshipping Krishna. So who is actually God? Therefore, coming back to the point I made at the beginning of this class, we should distribute this Bhagavad Gita as it is to uh, address all the misconceptions that are going on in the name of Vedic knowledge. Shankara Acharya drove out the misconceptions of the Buddhists, but he introduced a whole new pack of him, by himself. The Vaishnava Acharyas established the actual point. Hari Hari, Krishna is above all. And uh, so many people are coming here to Tirupati because Hari Sarvotava, he's the top. He's on top of all. Balaji. They don't understand this principle. Therefore, from here, they they go to Sabri Malai and they think Ayappa is the best. Whoever Ayappa is. Which Shastra is Ayappa? It's just some. It's another modern imagination. So, please distribute this Bhagavad Gita as it is and establish the actual point. Krishna, there's no one equal to or superior to Him. As I say every time I come to this ISKCON Tirupati, that this temple, people come and they come for darshan, but their real benefit will be when they get Bhagavad Gita as it is. Hare Krishna. I'll finish here. Any questions please? Questions, comments, protests. Speak now. What's the word for protest? Protest, complaints? Immersia. Yeah, again, Sanskrit word. Okay, no complaints. That means everyone agrees? or maybe no one understood anything <laughs> or maybe they just think well whatever he said is okay because everything's all the same whatever you say it's okay <laughs> that's the danger of this this mayavad is that you trying to establish krishna as the supreme they say well that's just your opinion therefore we have to say clearly loudly strongly repeatedly Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. Wait a minute, wait a minute, stop, 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 stop. We have to hear what he says. Also, listen. Then you can clap afterwards. Okay, now you can clap. Hare Krishna. That's all for now. Hare Krishna.